You are listening to Primary Care Perspectives, a podcast where pediatric experts from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and other guests discuss primary care issues that are on their minds and the hot topics that all pediatricians see affecting their daily practice. This podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not to be considered as medical advice for any particular patient. Clinicians must rely on their own informed clinical judgment in making recommendations to their patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Lockwood, a primary care pediatrician at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and today I'm talking about positive parenting during a pandemic. Joining me is Emily DePaul and Dr. Linda McHorter. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'm going to let you guys get started by introducing yourselves and your role at CHOP. Hi, Katie. Thank you very much for having us. My name is Emily DePaul, and I am fortunate to have been working with the PriCare team for almost three years now. My background is in public health and counseling, and in addition to working on the PriCare team, I am a lead clinician at the Indian Creek Foundation, where I work with children ages 5 through 14 on the autism spectrum. My role on PriCare is a bit unique, as I am both a PriCare trainer, meaning I work directly with families and teach PriCare classes, and I am also part of the research side of PriCare. I love being part of both sides of the project as we continue to grow and evolve PriCare, and I thank Dr. Joanne Wood, our principal investigator, and Devin Crutchman, our research coordinator, for their hard work and their guidance in keeping us going, especially during these past few months. And I'm Linda McQuarter. I'm a pediatric psychologist, and I'm really excited to be talking about PriCare. Being part of this team is one of my very favorite roles. I've worked with PriCare team for a couple years now, both leading PriCare classes and working on the research side. And most recently, I've collaborated with the team on developing a positive discipline module to give caregivers even more tools in their positive discipline toolbox. And I'm also an assistant professor at Widener University in the Institute for Graduate Clinical Psychology, where I teach in their child and family concentration and am the director of the Widener Child Therapy Clinic. Great. Well, I'm really happy to have both of you here with us today. We've already said a few words that our listeners might not know a lot about. So can you tell me about PriCare and positive parenting and sort of what are those things? Absolutely. I can start us off in answering this. When we talk about positive parenting in PriCare, we really talk about developing a toolbox of parenting techniques that are used to increase positive behavior and build a strong caregiver-child relationship. And this relationship serves as an important basis for successfully implementing the PriCare skills. And Linda, do you want to add to that? Sure. We help caregivers to use their praise and attention as one of their most powerful parenting tools to really highlight the positive behaviors that they want to see in their children while reducing any negative behaviors. And so much of parenting can feel like we're reacting to what our children do. So how can we help parents be proactive rather than reactive in their parenting approach? This is a great question and something that many caregivers ask in PriCare. When we get this question, we typically remind caregivers that any behavior that gets their attention is going to increase. Knowing this, we use one-on-one play as a way to help caregivers implement PriCare skills and give their child positive attention. In PriCare, one-on-one play is when a caregiver sits down with a child for just three to five minutes a day and follows the child's lead in play. We encourage caregivers to use this time to listen, to praise their child, and to describe what the child is doing. 
This play is one way for a caregiver to be proactive and build on that caregiver-child relationship, which can in turn increase the positive behaviors caregivers see. And again, the guiding principle in PriCare is to keep the caregiver-child relationship at the center of parenting decisions. That's exactly right, Emily. Young children love connection and attention from their caregivers. They prefer positive connections like hugs, praise, shared fun, and small prizes. But when they can't get enough of that positive connection, they will seek to get our attention through other ways. Any behavior that gets a parent to stop what they're doing and look at their child will increase. So if a child is not getting your attention from doing the right things, They prefer any attention, even being yelled at or corrected, to no attention at all. Caregivers give kids a whole lot of commands throughout a day, and children actually follow most of these commands. As caregivers, we tend to ignore children when they're doing what we want them to do. If your kid is playing quietly while you're trying to cook dinner, you're not giving them attention. But as soon as they start to whine or fight with their brother or sister, that's when you turn your attention to them. This reinforces the whining and the fighting. In PriCare, we teach parents to help caregivers learn to praise and celebrate behaviors that they want to see again, like following directions the first time, or waiting patiently, or sharing, or asking nicely. You can even praise children for neutral behaviors, like sitting in the same room as your brother and not arguing, by saying, I like it when you two are getting along. And we will give them less attention for negative behaviors through strategic ignoring This works really well for attention-seeking behaviors, like whining. The most important part of strategic ignoring is to wait quietly until the behavior stops and immediately turn your warm attention back to your child by praising the opposite of the negative behavior. For example, say, thank you for waiting quietly immediately after a whiny child stops whining. I think that's a really interesting point because parents sometimes don't recognize that kids want attention, like you said, whether it's positive or negative. And as parents, we want to give them positive attention. So these are some really great strategies, how we can do more of that and feel like we're spending less time in the negative area. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're talking about positive parenting now in the setting of a pandemic. And I know that many parents are struggling about limiting their child's exposure to media and feeling like we're maybe exposing them to lots more screens than we're used to. So do you have any advice for us in counseling parents about media during this time? Absolutely. During any crisis, limiting exposure to the news and social media related to the crisis can help young children and adults, actually, to feel less scared and overwhelmed. Young children often don't fully understand what they hear and see, and this can make this all seem more frightening. No one is at their best when we're stressed out or afraid, and this is especially true for young children. We really recommend turning off the news and social media for most of the day, especially when your kids are around. And we'll talk in a few minutes about other strategies for managing kids who are wanting to use screen time for things other than looking at coronavirus. So during the COVID-19 pandemic, many of the usual parenting challenges that we face have been heightened. For one, families are spending a lot more time together at home, and the village that typically helps in rearing our children, including daycare or school and grandparents, it may not be available. In addition, both parents and children may be feeling stressed. Our usual routines are disrupted. 
So I would like to ask you some common concerns that I have heard parents report during COVID-19 and hear the advice that you would give to parents in these situations. So scenario one, a parent says, all day I have to nag my child to clean up after themselves. I'm exhausted and need his or her help. Both my child and I are tired of my nagging. So how can we avoid nagging our kids to do things? I think this is a very common caregiver concern. In PriCare, we teach caregivers to give effective commands to increase compliance. And one way that we do that is to ask caregivers to be proactive and set their child up for success. Many commands that we as adults assume are clear can actually be very overwhelming and confusing for young children. For example, the command clean your room is actually very broad and overwhelming for a young child because there are so many components to that command. Another broad and ineffective command is to tell a child to be good because it can mean many different things in many different situations. And a child does not always know what they are being asked to do. For example, criteria for being good at the doctor's office is different than criteria for being good at the park. We recommend giving a clear, simple, one-step command such as, please put your shirt in the laundry basket to help increase compliance. When a child obeys, we ask caregivers to offer specific praise for that behavior that they want to see again, such as, thank you for listening the first time. We know that children have a short attention span and capacity to remember commands, and so we want to set them up for success, which will then in turn decrease the nagging. I love the tip of giving these specific commands because I think even as an adult that that is good feedback for me to hear too. I'm overwhelmed by trying to clean my room. So (laughs) I like the idea of giving one specific first step that makes a large task feel more manageable. And like you mentioned, kids might not be able to remember multi-step commands depending on their age. So it is really important that when parents give those commands that they start with just the first step And when the child's ready to hear the next step, give them that second layer. Absolutely. Thanks, Katie. Another recommendation that we give to help the day run smoothly is to catch your child being good and praise them throughout the day when you see these expected behaviors. Also, establishing routines can be helpful, especially right now in this time of COVID-19 when school is not in session. And it's important to have a set bedtime and awake time We also recommend eating at certain times every day and trying to get out for a walk if you are safely able to be outside. Going outside, getting ourselves moving can help us to feel better physically and can create some of that shared fun between caregivers and children. But if going outside is not an option, Go Noodle is a great free online exercise option for young children and can be found at www.gonoodle.com. I love Go Noodle. We use it at our house. And like you said, it's a great free resource. I know that for some kids, it can also be a nice way to maintain some of the consistency of things that they were doing at school during their homeschool routine. That's a great point. I love that. That's a great connection. And also one more thing I wanted to mention, Katie, is that PriCare is piloting a positive discipline module for caregivers of young children. And in this module, we talk about reward charts and how they can help with building up good behavior. Reward charts can be very effective for young children, and a lot of our caregivers really like the free app iReward Chart, which is the letter I and the word reward. 
And that's an electronic reward chart that makes a sound when you give a child a star for expected behavior. And there's always the option to use a paper reward chart where caregivers can put a star or a smiley face on the chart when they see their child doing something positive. And we go over this in more detail in PriCare and in the PriCare Positive Discipline module. So stay tuned as we continue to roll this out and please continue to send caregivers our way. Great. Thank you so much for those solutions for the nagging problem. So now I'm going to move on to scenario two. So a parent says, my child is sad about missing his or her birthday party. We're all so upset that our family can't get together to celebrate. We also had to cancel T-ball. And my child is spending so much time talking about how sad all of this is. So how can we teach parents to provide encouragement to their children during these challenging times? This is certainly a challenge that many families are facing in the time of COVID-19. And we just want to acknowledge that being a caregiver during this time is extremely hard. We would encourage caregivers to focus on ways that they can have fun with their children. We recommend implementing one-on-one playtime for three to five minutes a day, which can help children feel loved and supported. And again, that one-on-one playtime in PriCare is where a caregiver gives the child their undivided attention and follows their child's lead in play. It may also help children feel special to recognize them on their day, even if the event is rescheduled. Also, young children often think anything is special if you name it, and we encourage caregivers to have some fun with that. For example, making pancakes in a special shape and having a fancy breakfast or having family movie night and allowing a child to pick the movie, or having a dinner picnic and eating somewhere other than the kitchen are all ways that children can be celebrated at home when events that they may have been looking forward to are canceled. I love that. We always do pizza on the floor in our living room and combine it with family movie night and we call it picnic. So I'm glad I'm following some of the pride care rules. Perfect. It's a great way to build positivity into your routine without having to spend additional time and effort. Right. So what if the child, though, is feeling sad or angry? So if a child is feeling sad or angry, caregivers can help them label their feelings by naming feelings for them. For example, if a child is stomping around saying they want to celebrate their birthday with their friends, a caregiver can say, you're really frustrated to validate their feelings. And then it may help to give choices of what children can do. You can watch a movie with your friends on Netflix, or you can have a Zoom party, which can give them safe choices and still allow them to have fun. I love it. Thank you for all the scenarios that we can help families adopt to make some positive things out of a negative situation. So our third scenario that I hear a lot is, my child wants my attention 100% of the time. I'm trying to work, take care of the house, and homeschool my kids. We are together all the time, but it seems like it's never enough for him or her. So this is the quality versus quantity debate, and it's an evergreen topic, but it seems even more apparent now that families are spending more time at home together with each other. So how can we help parents solve the problem of managing a child who craves attention when there are so many other demands on the parent? Katie, some of the most helpful suggestions involve being proactive by setting a child up for success. And caregivers can do this in several ways. First, prepare ahead of time. You could create a busy bag with high interest toys that are only used during times when you really need your child to play quietly. And some examples of things you could put in this bag are uh, window clings, building blocks, magna doodles, 
little action figures, or whatever your child really loves. Second, tell the child what you expect. As the caregiver, you can say, I am going to make a telephone call and you are going to play quietly with your busy bag. When I get off of my call, we can play a game together. And then follow up with that fun reward for your child doing something that's pretty hard for a young child, which is waiting while you're on the telephone. Third, include the child whenever you can. Caregivers can invite their children to help them with a task. This allows the caregiver to give positive attention and connection while still getting things done. You can use a timer and make it a race and say, let's see how fast we can get this done. We recommend the Countdown Timer app, which slowly reveals a picture and then has a celebration with confetti when the timer goes off if the child is back in time. Some of the tasks you can ask your child to do are to help set the table while you're cooking dinner or sort the socks while you're folding laundry. Kids also can run an errand for you in another room by bringing you things. Giving a young child a damp rag and asking them to wipe off the kitchen chairs can keep them busy for a long time. By praising the child and talking about what they are doing, caregivers can encourage this helpful behavior. And fourth, we recommend parents really show appreciation. It's really hard for young children to wait. Every time children are waiting quietly or playing alone while caregivers are doing a task, the caregivers should give them a lot of praise and thank them for doing that. Try to catch your child being good as often as possible, praising and saying how much you appreciate this. Some examples include giving them a thumbs up or blowing them a kiss while you're on a phone call or adding a star to their reward chart or giving them a hug. With older kids and teens, caregivers can even text them a thumbs up or a smiley emoji while they're staying quiet during an important call or an online meeting or while you're completing chores. Great. Thanks so much for giving us more strategies to help with the children who are craving attention, which in my opinion might be all children and all (laughs) parents are dealing with this. Yes. So lots of good help there. Our last scenario is this one. Parent says, I discipline my child by taking away their screen, but then that ends up feeling like a punishment for myself. How can I discipline my child without creating more work for me? So, broadly, what are some effective discipline strategies? Well, removing privileges like screen time is a common positive discipline strategy, but it requires some careful thought, especially during COVID-19. The best way to address misbehaviors is to prevent them when possible. Young children benefit from clear expectations. You can offer a choice of two things that are acceptable to you. For example, if your child won't come to dinner because they're playing with blocks, you can say, do you want to get in your chair by yourself or do you want mommy to put you in your chair? Now the kid is thinking about getting in their chair instead of thinking about playing with blocks. Caregivers can also use first-then language, such as first dinner, then you go outside, or first brush your teeth, then you watch your show. And by stating these positively, you encourage cooperation. We suggest you avoid saying you can't go outside until you eat your dinner because young kids are just going to hear you can't go outside and get frustrated. Any discipline strategy is more effective when caregivers stay calm, quiet, and boring. When caregivers yell or get angry, this can actually reinforce negative behaviors because it creates a big response. Instead, we encourage parents to stay neutral. Don't talk much or show anger when stating a consequence about a behavior. That will help the discipline technique. Linda, what about timeouts? Because I know a lot of parents use that strategy. 
Sure, timeout is a very effective technique for young children, but only when caregivers do it correctly, by staying quiet and boring, and only when they give lots of positive attention and praise for positive behaviors. Our positive discipline module covers the correct way to give timeout. We recommend caregivers take the PriCare positive discipline module or read books like 123 Magic by Thomas Phelan or Incredible Years by Carolyn Webster Stratton. And we'll have some links to those and other helpful resources available. Another approach is to consider the differences between rights and privileges. Kids don't have a right to screen time, their favorite dessert, or control over the remote. You can have children earn these things instead of taking them away. This helps to build their positive behavior. For example, you can have a list of things that children do in the morning to earn their screen time. And then when their screen time is up, a caregiver can say to them in a positive tone of voice, time is up for now, then offer a choice of two fun activities and remind the children how to earn more screen time, like by completing chores, helping a sibling, or playing quietly during a telephone call. And if you do remove a privilege as a consequence for negative behavior, we recommend removing it for a short time, like 15 to 30 minutes. We want consequences to be consistent. If you say that you're taking the screen away for the whole week, for one, it's hard to follow through, right? You're probably gonna give it back to them before the end of the week. And your child probably knows this. Also, it eliminates your ability to take it away for the rest of the week. So we want to use discipline to help children make better choices. By returning whatever privilege you removed quickly, your young child gets a chance to try again. So focus on building up positive behavior, have your child earn their privileges, and remove privileges when necessary for a short period of time. Yeah, I love that tip because I hear parents frequently say things like, you're grounded for a week or no video games for the week. I think, wow, what are they going to do for the rest of the week? <laughs> because you need to have those privileges uh, that you can use as an incentive too. And so, like you said, they could maybe earn it back or you could start by just removing the video games or whatever it is for a shorter period of time first. Yeah, in our pride care groups, we get parents who say, all right, that's it. Uh, your birthday party is canceled. And so right. <laughs> and, we, and we talk about how we all know that the birthday party is still going to happen. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the kids know, more importantly, they know that when you're bluffing. So absolutely it's not an effective strategy. We've mentioned PriCare a few times already. So can you tell us a little bit about PriCare and, and what's happening with it during COVID-19? Absolutely. So PriCare is a free six-week group training program for caregivers of young children ages two to six that helps caregivers to improve child behavior and strengthens the caregiver-child relationship. As trainers, we try to use fun, hands-on activities to teach simple, effective parenting strategies. Many caregivers who attend PriCare report a positive change in their child's behaviors, as well as a decrease in their own stress which is especially important during this time of COVID-19. Typically, PriCare is delivered in some of the CHOP primary care offices, and we offer childcare, dinner, and SEPTA reimbursement to try and make it accessible for all families. And in PriCare, we cover topics like connecting with your child through play, giving good commands, managing stress, and helping caregivers to use their attention as one of their effective parenting tools. For example, we help caregivers learn to give the most attention to the behaviors they want to see again 
and to ignore attention-seeking behaviors that are not dangerous or destructive. And behaviors that we can ignore include things like whining or complaining. And then during the COVID-19 crisis, we have actually implemented virtual pride care and CHOP families are logging on once a week for an hour with our trainers to take pride care from their homes. We are still in the early stages, but we have found this to be an effective way to continue to offer pride care in this time where we can't be together in person. And personally, I've been running the virtual pride care groups and I can say that the families attending are engaged, they are excited, and they are doing an amazing job implementing these skills with their children. And it's just been wonderful to continue to work with CHOP families and help them navigate these challenging times. And we encourage pediatricians to continue to refer families to PRICARE. That's great. I am a huge referrer to PRICARE. It's such an amazing program. And I think as both a parent and a pediatrician, the benefits are, like you said, not only for the child, but to make us happier parents. And I think that whenever we can spend quality time with our kids and feel like the interactions are positive and not just the nagging and the yelling and the whining and all of those other things you mentioned. Believe me, there's plenty of that too in parenting, (laughs) but anytime we can highlight the positive, it's really, really great. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what Pride Care is all about. So where can pediatricians learn more about positive parenting so that they can explain it to their patient families? Well, one thing that pediatricians can do is find ways to praise caregivers and validate their skills. And this can go a really long way. It is also sometimes helpful to normalize that many, many caregivers are stressed and overwhelmed in this time of COVID-19. And pediatricians can really be a bright spot in a caregiver's day by pointing out some of the things that caregivers are doing and doing well to help their children. That's such an important point, Emily. No one follows you around as a caregiver and thanks you for setting limits or enforcing rules. We would also direct pediatricians to our website to learn more about positive parenting. If you just search PRICARE and CHOP, it will take you right there. And we encourage pediatricians to share this podcast with families to give them a brief introduction to PRICARE and some simple parenting tips. We also recommend some online resources like the 123magic website, www.123magic.com. Under the Parent Resources link, they have a video blog where they discuss common parenting challenges and ways to address them. Pediatricians can also go to PCIT.org, that's Parent-Child Interaction Training, and there are resources under the For Parents link. And for COVID-19-specific resources, the CDC has a great website on parenting essentials and the WHO website has a wonderful set of handouts on positive parenting during COVID-19. We also recommend an online book called The Oyster and the Butterfly by Anna Gomez, who is a mental health clinician who works with children. This book gives a simple explanation of the COVID situation and some great strategies to help young children cope. The most important point to keep in mind is that the caregiver-child relationship is the center of positive parenting. Strengthening this relationship is really the guiding principle behind PRICARE. Caregivers' main priority right now should focus on ways to connect with their children and have shared fun. Parenting young children is challenging at any time, especially during COVID. PRICARE is designed for all families with children ages 2 to 6, and we encourage pediatricians to refer any caregivers with parenting questions to PRICARE. 
Well, thank you so much for both sharing your expertise today. This was a really fun podcast, but I want to highlight, as you just did, that COVID-19 is a very challenging time. And in many cases, the caregiver-child relationship is strained. And so thank you for giving some tools and resources that pediatricians can use when they're talking to their patients and their families to help strengthen that bond during this difficult and challenging time for everyone. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Primary Care Perspectives. You can download and subscribe to future episodes on iTunes or visit chop.edu slash PCP podcast for a listing of all episodes. I look forward to our next chat.